Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike, and we're excited to be with you today. We are revisiting on the podcast uh, right now a topic that we've discussed before, and that's baptism. And uh, we want to kind of dip in again. I think probably it's been maybe a few months now, um, at least a few weeks, but we recorded an episode about baptism. And um, after even listening back through, we just want to kind of dip in again, uh, revisit, maybe give some further uh, clarification or expansion. So, Mike, would you maybe just um, start us by kind of giving us the context, any occasion for this in a Life of Grace church or in in your thinking um, Mm -hmm. in terms of why we're talking about baptism? Yes, I think it was in the summer we were talking about it, and we were talking about, there are a couple of things. One, I call it designer baptism, which is where, you know, someone... uh, it's just so, so staged and it's basically um, it's, it becomes a thing where everyone claps. I think we talked about this on the last episode, maybe where everyone claps at the baptism and it's like, Oh, you just, your baptism is your death sentence. I'm going to die to myself and live to Christ. And we're all clapping. Like I just can't, maybe it happened. I just can't imagine on the, on the, on the Gaza, on the road uh, down to Gaza that, um, that, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch got clapped for, you know, after the, uh, you know, just been Philip. I'm sure he, had well, no, he people. had other people there, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, wait, I just don't see that. And in scripture, you rejoice when someone gets saved, but the idea that even in the book of Acts where it's like, and they baptized, you know, they were all, you know, they were saved and they were baptized. I just don't imagine that our, our phenomenon now is everybody in the church claps for them. And, and I get that, why I, I get why they're excited and all that, but it's like, wait a minute, this person might've been saved for 10 years. What are we clapping for? What is it? Are, you're finally obedient. I mean, you know, what is it? And I don't want to be harsh, but it's like, come on, you guys, let's think it through. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what I think. Maybe you're making me think <laughs> no clapping after baptism. Um, <laughs> weeping. How about weeping? Uh, well, okay. Maybe I'm explain something certain. that you just said, because people might've said, wait, what did he just say? What do you mean when you say baptism is a death sentence? Well, again, uh, Jesus said, you can't come after me unless you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And the idea that you are dying to yourself and going to follow Jesus, and that's not something that you get applauded for. Like, wow, you did some noble thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. And look, I, I, I realized that in the scriptures, there were, there were, um, plenty of times where you see someone, uh, be saved and then be baptized but it doesn't say whether they laughed or cried. So again, mm. or clapped or whatever. So right. I, I guess there's a there's freedom there. But I just feel like it's just a little weird. Um, because again, I don't think, you know, even when someone comes to faith in Christ, it says the angels rejoice. And so we're happy. But I don't think we do a, I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 feel, I, feel, I, I feel like we're weird, we're weird about this, about baptism, because scripturally baptism uh goes right after conversion uh-huh. okay you don't see examples where it's like oh yeah and it's been five years and you didn't get baptized oh okay right. and so it's like putting a wedding ring on at a wedding you know can, so can you think of i'm sorry to interrupt can you think of why why in a lot of churches today there's more of a wedge driven between someone coming to christ and and being baptized is it for lack of teaching 
I think it's for lack of teaching and it's for lack of obedience because okay. uh, two ways in leadership doesn't say, by the way, you got, you got saved. We need to baptize you and you join the church. I think also church membership is, has fallen by the wayside, but even at churches mm-hmm. that have membership like ours, we don't always say now, um, we, we say you have to be baptized to be a church member, but plenty of times someone has been a believer for years and then they have to be baptized to become a church member. And again, um, if you're reading your Bible, you should be going up to your leadership saying, I just got saved. Where's the water? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Philip, Mm -hmm. look, Mm -hmm. here is water. Mm -hmm. What prevents me from being baptized? Hmm. Because this presumes that in the preaching of the gospel, first of all, the eunuch didn't come up with baptism on his own. He was was Mm -hmm. taught that. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus say in in the Great Commission, right? All authority on heaven and earth is given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And the idea is, the first thing you do when someone makes is made a disciple is baptize them. Hmm. But we have this time lag. Yeah. So then we clap. I just wonder. Yeah. The clap. Yeah. Yeah. And then we clap. The the clap might be funny because it is like, you know, you clap at a football game or some other kind of, you know, just any worldly thing. Uh, But we do that too, to celebrate baptism. I've always thought of it as just an expression of joy. Like, I just, I think it is, you know, well, this person's coming in, even if it's like, man, we knew they were a believer or something like this person is, is being baptized. Like that's the visible sign of their entrance into church membership. And this is the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay. That's the problem. Right. So they've been a believer for 10 years, but now they're saved, but baptism doesn't save. No, just, just wait for me on this. Their visible sign into, into church membership, you become a member of the church of Jesus Christ, the moment of conversion, okay? Now, you should be joining a local church soon afterwards, okay? But you should be in a local church. So the idea is that because we clap, 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 now you become a, a more committed Christian? No, right. you just went back to kindergarten. Hmm. And I said kindergarten, not kindergarten, kindergarten. Like people who say spaghetti like sketty. I say kindergarten because literally uh, we're putting training wheels back on. Now, to the re- person who's being baptized? Yes. What do you mean? Oh my goodness. Why are we putting training wheels back Dog. on if they're being baptized? Isn't that a better? I mean, it's like a Yeah, good but they're step. going back to something they should have done when they first got saved. Fair. Duh. Fair. Come okay. on, dog. Okay. I'm with here's, you. here's the deal you get saved and then you're supposed to get baptized. Now, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, and I, I would say that there's two reasons why we don't do it. Church leadership doesn't push it mm-hmm. like they should, mm-hmm. and believers don't ask for it like they should. And how would they know? <laughs> by reading their Bible. Like, yeah, <laughs> by yeah, reading their yes. Bible. <laughs> but if they read it in their Bible, and no church leader, even in the life of the church, no one's thinking or talking about baptism, they might put the pieces together. But like that's the job of the, that's the job of the people sent with the gospel. Dude, I love this. The fact this is the first time we've ever gotten to like an, a sparring match. On the podcast, (laughs) me and Connor, uh, and we love each other very much, and we're smiling at each other, and Tanner's going, ooh. So here's the deal. No. First of all, this is not not the Catholic Church. We don't have a hierarchy where only the pastors have the Bible. Right. Everybody gets the Bible, okay? And yes, it's our job to teach and preach, and let's say we're missing it. Then fine, Berean-like believers should be knocking on the door going, hello uh, where's the water? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all I'm saying is it's a two-sided coin. Fair. And and what? But but that's not even the real reason I wanted to to revisit this today. I'm ready for it. I'm okay. ready. Well, don't brace yourself too hard because this you'll be like ah. Oh. 
This is the mic I know and love. <laughs> okay. 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 Here we go. Ready? I wanted to say a couple things about rebaptism in case we weren't clear enough. Because I realized when I was listening to um, our former pa- podcast, especially because my son got rebaptized. I don't know if I mentioned that in the in the podcast. My son, who's a pastor uh, at another church that we helped restart, he got rebaptized when he was, I think, in high school. And he's like, I, I don't think I was a believer back then. Mm-hmm. And we were all going, well, no, we think you were a believer back then. But here's what I want to say to clarify all of that about rebaptism or just getting baptized as a believer in case we weren't clear enough. Here it is. We should baptize real believers, but we do not always do that because sometimes someone is not a real believer and only God knows and they would know better than everybody else. So remember when I said, uh, you know, 18-year-old you doesn't remember five-year-old you, and everyone remembers five-year-old you, and you were earnest about following the Lord. I wonder if it's because of sin and and, and its consequences, and I just want to, and it's shame that maybe people want to get rebaptized. Let me me give you an example. Let's say you got saved at age seven. Yeah. And then you went into high school or you went into junior high and you start doing some things you shouldn't do. And you know you need to repent. But maybe you start thinking, I don't even think I've ever was even saved before. Because right. how could I have done that if I was saved? Well, first of all, God knows if you're saved or not. But I think that, that could, if we're ashamed of our sin and our consequences, that we go, if I could just get rebaptized, that would give me a fresh start. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's for everyone, yeah. okay? But I would say this to anyone whether you're listening to this and you were rebaptized and you're like, uh, are you saying I did the wrong thing? I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm just saying we should think hard and fast, hard, hard, long and hard before we baptize someone the first time and before we baptize them a second time, but think longer about it the second time. Here's why someone comes to faith in Christ. They say, I'm a believer. Well, on the day of Pentecost, they all got baptized that day. No baptism class for six weeks. No, you know, long drawn out. We want to see if you're really a believer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we should baptize real believers, but we realize we don't always, there are probably some of the, of the 3000 plus souls on the day of Pentecost that maybe fell away from the Lord Mm -hmm. or maybe weren't really believers. OGK, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Only God knows Mm -hmm. and the person knows. And so I would say this, if you got rebaptized and you say, let's say even my son, I don't think I was really saved. Well, you know better than I do. You, in that in that regard, you do know better than I do because I can't get into your into your mind. Yeah. And so yes, you were professing it at a certain time and all the way through, but then you get to a point and go, I don't think I was. So for example, let me tell you, I don't know if I said this in the last episode. I got rebaptized. I don't know if you said that. And I yeah, got baptized yeah. as an unbeliever at age like twelve. It was just the thing you do at our the church, right. and it even says. I baptize uh, upon your profession of faith. I baptize you, and it was like it was they they believed in baptismal regeneration, mm-hmm. like it saves you. So I got saved at age 20, 1982. Then in nineteen eighty eight, I got rebaptized as a believer, and I was becoming a I was already a, a pastor at that time. And I'm like, wait a minute, I had not baptized anyone yet, and I thought if I'm going to baptize someone, there was a pastor at the time that was preaching at my church, and he said this, baptism. Um, comes after conversion. Conversion must precede baptism. If you did it the wrong way, you need to get baptized. Yeah. Well, I had gone to my pastor back in 82. It was probably around 85 because I kept wondering about it. I said, should I get rebaptized? And he, he says, well, if it was meaningful, maybe you shouldn't. So I took his advice. And then I, then I got to the point where I was compelled, like, I'm getting baptized the right order. 
first you get saved, then you get baptized. Mm -hmm. So mine had a time lag in it. Okay. I don't know if anybody clapped and you might be feeling like I'm curmudgeonly by, Oh, now no one can clap. I'm not saying no one can clap, but I would much rather, here's my big point. I'd much rather have baptism happening far more closely to the moment of conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is the most biblical way. Right. And again, I know that we're worried about, but what if they're not a believer? Okay. Think about it. Baptism doesn't save you. So if you did something to someone, uh, you, what's the harm? What's the foul? The foul would be calling someone a believer who isn't. Yeah. So take baptism out of the picture. Baptism isn't the issue. If you're if you're um, if you're going around saying someone's a believer and they're living like hell and they're living like not a believer, right? You need to call them to repentance and yes. faith. Yes. So the idea of oh we baptize an unbeliever, okay, uh, are they a believer now? But it's like I think we're making this is weird. You're gonna you're gonna look at me again and look at look at me uh, funny. We almost make too much of baptism now, bap- and we make too little of it. Too little of it because we don't do it quick enough. Too much of it because we make it this big discipleship moment when it should be your big first discipleship moment. Yeah. Uh, the first step of obedience to Jesus is getting baptized. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. If, if your child comes to you, says, Mommy, Daddy, I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus. I love him. He's forgiven me of my sins. I want to be baptized. That you shouldn't say to them, wait till you're older because your, your kid should then say to you, what other command of Jesus do you not want me to obey, Mommy and Daddy? I mean, to me, that's the, that's the gotcha. Yeah. It's like Jesus said, teach them to obey all that I commanded. First commandment after becoming a believer is be baptized. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I with you. I know you agree I'm with, with me, you. talk to me. I, I'm talk just, to I, I was just thinking about something. I was thinking about this morning because I'm writing something for baptism right now. Um, what? Uh, Wait, tell me what you're writing because I know what you're writing, but tell our people what you're writing. I'm writing a, a renewed proposal for how we're going to structure our baptism and membership processes. To, to try to to try to connect the two so that we better reflect what the Bible teaches. Perfect. Uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I'll I say. knew that. Uh, so this is my question, and this is what I was coming up against this morning. Do you think that we should admit a seven year old who gets baptized in a membership in the church? Yes, absolutely. Do you think that they could get baptized if we would not admit them into membership? Or if they said, well, I don't on, want to be on. a member. Uh, unravel that for me. I'm not sorry. I, I'm not tracking. Seven-year-old Joey comes and says, Joey. I want to be baptized. Hi, Joey. And, and then we say, that's amazing. And we think of baptism as the entrance into membership in Jesus' church. Yes. So, Joey, if you want to be baptized, amazing. We trust your profession of faith. You're going to be baptized. And you're only seven, but you're going to become a member of our church. Yes. Are we good with that? Absolutely. And what if what if either Joey or Joey's parents say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Membership, that seems kind of formal, and I don't know if we want that, but we definitely want Joey to be baptized. Yeah, but we'll, try out the, we'll try it out the, the membership uh, uh, teaching that I do on why church membership is biblical. And I, let me just give you one, just one that should just stop the debate right now. Yeah. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, the word melos, when it talks about in the body there are many members, mm-hmm. every time it speaks of uh, members in a local assembly. Okay, and members not of a club or country club or whatever, uh, but of of a body with body parts. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what is in First Corinthians twelve is for every believer, just like Colossians was written to the whole family too. It's children are addressed, mm-hmm. and Ephesians mm-hmm. children are addressed, or so husbands and wives and others. Yep. So there is no God does not put whether it's in the Great Commission, whether it's in First Corinthians twelve, does not put any 
age limitation on it. If a person is a believer, they are a member. And the interesting thing is a member of the Worldwide Body of Christ, capital C, big, big C Church. But every time melos is used in the New Testament, it is, it is um, expecting, it is assuming that person is in a local assembly. Now, in terms of how we make them a member, you know, we do a formal membership process. The New Testament had the right hands of fellowship. That's what they would give, and it, plural, not not hmm. singular. And it would be, you're 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 linked up with us. It, you don't hmm. see in the New Testament a a drawn out, a spelled out membership process. You get no. saved, you get baptized, boom, you're in the church. That's it, right? Baptism right. is you walking through the door that and en- you enter into membership in the church. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so why would we not do that? Because, right. and when the parent says, "Well, whoa, whoa," go, "Okay, look." In the Bible, it doesn't get spelled out how you become a member, but we've done it this way, and we just examine someone to make sure that they believe uh, accurately and that they have a testimony of faith, just like the early church did, and then we acknowledge them and 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 bring them into in the membership. Now, we do have a stipulation. We say that you can't be a voting member, or you know. Uh, right. confirming the budget or the pastors or elders uh, with with unless you're 18 or over. Yep. And I think there's that, an appropriateness to that. That might just be a kindness to somebody who's 12. And right. Like, it's like, come on. Look at the budget, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm liking how that's shaping up. I'm into it. Um, I want to ask, what, I had a thought when you were talking. What was it? Uh, maybe it's gone. Okay. this uh, Just so we're on the same page. Tell me if you're in sync with me on this. I am understanding baptism as entrance into the visible church of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Meaning meaning baptism is what marks off the people who are physically visibly get like the people who are actually gathering on a Sunday morning. This is going back to your point about now now hold on hold on stay with me. We would never baptize somebody who we know is living like a complete unbeliever, right? We'd never, and we'd say, no, 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 you're professing faith maybe, but no, we, we see this and that totally unrepentance in your life. We're not baptizing you. We don't acknowledge that you're, you know, have any credibility of faith. But for anybody who's saying, I do believe, I love the Lord, uh, I want to be baptized, and there's a, a testimony where we would go, okay, it's, it seems like we can see God's grace in your life. We'd baptize them, and then mem- church membership and even church discipline rightly fencing the the Lord's table and saying certain people are in the body and certain people are out, that becomes the mechanism that uh, the Lord uses to keep his church pure. And so if someone, if someone is, let's say, baptized, you even said it already, we sometimes baptize unbelievers, we get the call wrong. If, if an unbeliever is baptized and they're sticking around in the church and they're living in sin because they're not a believer, then that process of uh, discipline is going to come along and eventually that person is going to be if they're, if they're truly not a believer sent out with the hope that they would come to Christ of course um, but that's how we main, that's how the church's purity is maintained knowing that sometimes we're going to baptize people who don't really know the Lord I was rambling there for a long time yeah. are you with me on that or do you push back well no that's exactly what we're saying but I so, so the thing is that but it's the uh, scripture has a tighter flow and doesn't stipulate the process so sometimes we let our processes get in the way of the biblical uh, teaching, okay? Conversion, baptism, membership. Yep. And obviously membership into a visible assembly, like I mentioned with Melos, right. members in a local right. assembly that right. is identifiable, led by elders who uh, preach the word and administer the ordinances and, and administer church discipline. The idea is the Bible instructed, instructs those with faith in Christ to be baptized. There is no 
given age minimum or maximum in the scriptures. It is for any whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That's what Peter said on, in the, on the day of Pentecost in, on Acts 2. Those with young children who desire to be baptized then should ensure that their child has a solid testimony of faith, mm-hmm. you know, can articulate mm-hmm. it and willing and able to give that testimony. Additionally, I think that parents should remind their children of what happened in their life. I just think that's what parents do. Remember when we did this or that? You, you remember vacations. You remember big times in life. Why wouldn't we be reminding and recalling often to them when they, when they came to faith in Christ and when they were baptized? Yeah, yeah. So entrance into covenant membership, fellowship in a local church, but the tight flow. So again, on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up and preaches and says, the promise is for you and your children and for all whom the Lord our God will call to himself. And those who were saved were baptized. So number one, all believers should be baptized. Okay. Number two, you have should have a solid testimony of faith. Number three, baptize any believer who wants to be baptized. Don't force them. And number four, only those who are saved should be baptized. Going back, kind of a circular reason. Yeah. So, but nowhere in the New Testament do you see infants being baptized. Okay. There's only examples of people choosing to be baptized. Right. Um, there's an example of people bringing pe- their children to Jesus to bless them, but not baptize them. Um, but I think the idea of you Acts two believe and be baptized, right. and Acts sixteen example of a of a group that was in a household and everyone believed the preaching of the gospel, were saved and were subsequently baptized that very night. Mm-hmm. All of them that mm-hmm. got that, that would believe, right? No age limits on right. that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and then as soon as someone is baptized, they're, they're stepping into a place where other people in the church can call them to the standard that they've been called to. Well, uh, sure. But, at, go ahead. But, 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 but as soon as someone professes faith in Christ. Correct. And that's where yes. coupling baptism more closely with, with conversion is, is key, I think. Yeah. And let me bring us back to the thing about the clapping uh, 10 years after you got saved. Yeah. Now, if we take baptism as now I can call you to faith and obedience, right? you right. make the conversion of, of no account and basically make, uh, I'm not saying you're saying that or I'm saying that. No, I agree with you. But then it yeah. makes the baptism the conversion. Right. Oh, now you're baptized <laughs> and we can call you to actually live like a Christian. Yes. Right, and right. it's like, oh, That's now I want to be committed to the Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. That's where they just need to be coupled together, you know. But but when someone yeah. is baptized, the entire church is seeing that person and going, wow, we recognize that person's profession that they, they're following Christ and they want to live in obedience to him. And of course... We all we do the moment that they're converted, but someone might not. I'm I'm thinking it's a public act. Someone might not know what's been happening in the life of some college student at our church, yeah. and now they're baptized, and the whole church recognizes together. We see that, you know, yeah. Mary is is professing faith in Christ, and we're counting her as one of our members. Right, but see, that's the problem. That's that this. There's a problem with that. It it literally almost negates ten. Let's say they were uh, say for ten years. The thing is, we give this impression that now they're becoming more committed. And it's like, actually, no, I'm going to go back to my training wheels thing. They, they're literally going back to kindergarten because they, they, they skipped a grade. Right. They I'm, skipped a few grades. I'm trying to agree with your point that we should couple the two more closely together. As soon as someone is truly right. professing faith in Christ, well, it's like we immediately, I mean, I'm talking to guys in our you know, college ministry right now who have just come to faith in Christ, and I'm calling them to this standard even though they haven't been baptized yet. Yeah. So, of course, that's absolutely right. There. So what we don't want to do, though, is somehow defend our practice that isn't either, it's not scripturally warranted the way we're doing it now with the time lags, 
It's not scripturally warranted, nor is it preferable. So what we don't want to do is defend it too hard and go, it is what it is, but it, it, it's an uncomfortable, I say, I, I would call it an uncomfortable situation uh, because I'm uncomfortable every time it happens. A person I've known who's had a testimony for many years finally gets baptized and now people go, wow. Right. It's like, oh Good my point. goodness. It's almost more of well, a, yeah. In, in our churches, we do not believe that baptism saves you. We say it every time, but we treat the situation as if that's what's going on. Yeah. This new beginning in your life. Yeah. You're now risen with Christ. Because someone even said that at one of our baptisms last summer mm. where they were given their testimony and they're like, now I'll be risen with Christ. Now I'll be risen with like, Christ. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think what happens is we have to go, by the way, the Bible says this. Yeah. We're doing this. So we're doing something remedial. Right. Now it's not a bad thing, but why do we need to get them baptized? It's not so they can go to heaven. It's so they will be obedient, which means they missed that step of obedience. Right. And that's, I preached this. I said, could that be why some Christians have trouble with their obedience? Because they never take the first step of obedience. Yep. I'm just saying. Yeah, fair. I totally agree with that. So yep. anyway. Yep. I'm just totally saying. Agree. I'm just saying. But I, I want to, I, I want to. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. I want to go back to that rebaptism thing in case we weren't clear enough. And then, you know, we got to, we'll give you last shot and then you can end it. But we should baptize real believers but we know we don't always do that because sometimes someone is not a real believer and only God knows those who belong to him. But usually that person knows better than the rest of us. So if you did get rebaptized because you didn't think you were a believer the first time, we get it. Um, on the other hand, and you should do what your conscience allows, but be as strictly biblical as you can be. And if you just got saved, get baptized right away. If it's taken a long time, then as part of your testimony, maybe the church should be helping you say, I got saved 20 years ago and I realized I was not obedient to the Lord and I didn't get baptized Right. and I'm doing it now. Right. But this doesn't mean this is some new beginning in my life. I, 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 had, to, I had to go back. I'm going back just to, to the start. But I love the Lord and I, and I know the word and this, that, and the other. I, I think that that would be helpful so that people don't get the wrong impression at the big mm -hmm. claps. Yeah. Yeah, and it can still it can turn into that kind of hero moment. I agree. Like if someone said that, people still might want to clap. Like, look at they finally did it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and um, mm -hmm. I I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It's I think of a it probably thing too. I think it indicates just how much our especially our you know um, kind of evangelical kind of uh, especially maybe independent type churches how much baptism just kind of has fallen by the wayside mm -hmm. that people are saved and then it's like they're not even thinking about. Yeah you know, baptism and what that conveys in terms of their membership in the body for like decades, you know, it's like right. just baptism has fallen on hard times. Yes. I wonder if that has, to, uh, this is just like a shot over the, b the bow before we are done, but um, I wonder if that has to do with us thinking of Christianity in such an individual kind of sense rather than more corporate and church oriented. If, if baptism is just something that you have to do for you, like, oh, this is, you know, something for you, you know, maybe it becomes neglected. But if we're thinking corporately in terms of the church, baptism is essential. It's the gate that people walk through to, to enter, you know, yeah. into the fellowship of the yeah, church. Yeah, I would never member. say baptism is just for you. I don't no. think that's something no one, that anyone should Neither of that. us would, I think that. But I think that that's what happens. Again, yeah. I, I'm going to go back to my yeah, design I, of I, baptism. I comment. totally agree. And you get to wear your T-shirt that says, you know, born anew or whatever, raised <laughs> with Jesus, you know, yeah. and it's like, and you've been a believer for how long? Yeah. You know, yeah. I think in the evangelical church, we literally make baptism a conversion experience in essence when mm. it's absolutely not. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I know there's more that we've left on the table. We should probably wrap this one up. Any final thoughts from you? No, I just appreciate this. I, I, I think this has been good. Hopefully so. Yeah. Hopefully people I like I think that. this might go viral. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll give you something if it I goes viral. I think we viral. might have more than five listeners this time. That would be viral in my mind. <laughs> yeah. All right, listeners, we love you. Thanks for listening, and we appreciate you. Hope this was encouraging and maybe got your uh, thinking going as well. So until next time, God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Thank you.